Brent Peters composed Say Yes to Pears in Professor Jennifer Wick's critical writing class at Middlebury College's Breadloaf School of English in the summer of 2015. He went on to publish it in the fall 2015 issue of the Breadloaf Teacher Network Journal. I'm Tom McKenna, the editor of that journal. We're pleased to feature Brent's writing in the second issue of Breadcast, a series of podcasts drawn from pieces inspired by coursework at the Breadloaf School of English and by participation in the Breadloaf Teacher Network. In Say Yes to Pairs, Brent succinctly and beautifully reflects on the value of a movement he calls food lit or food literacy. An English teacher at Fern Creek Traditional High School and a professional chef Brent has inspired Louisville, Kentucky colleagues and students to read the world through food literacy. Brent's vision for food lit has inspired an ongoing collaboration between students in Kentucky and students on the Navajo Nation. With Fern Creek colleague Joe Franzen, Brent will soon be publishing about this work through NCTE under the title Tigers Feeding Chickens. And this month, too, Brent will be mentoring youth activists from Louisville as part of the Next Generation Leadership Network a special BLTN project supported by the Ford Foundation. Listen as Brent describes a meal and a program that has made his students hungry for a classroom where they are all in season, and where Brent describes experiences growing and preparing food going, in his words, deeper than the core of the pear, farther than the core of a table conversation, and beyond the common core. We are caring, he says, for the core of our identity, by learning that what we care about and who we care about matters. Say yes to pears. We start our food lit class at Fern Creek High School in Louisville, Kentucky with a food map and an invitation to share stories. This map can lead us to 50 pounds of pears. We write the word food on a piece of paper Around it, we write all the glorious, revelatory, embarrassing, gross, and sometimes painful associations we have with food. We include the places and people who are connected to our food memories. The paper fills up quickly, then we share. We find out Nick is learning to make his grandpa's legendary peanut butter fudge. Blanca shares her family's tradition of making El Salvadorian pupusas on Sunday nights and the accompanying phone call to her grandmother in San Salvador. Kenny teaches us about bubble tea from Vietnam, offers to bring in pho and rambutans. Ivy tells us that her grandmother has a load of organic pears from the trees in her yard, that her dad just harvested them, and that she can bring them in tomorrow. She's already texted her mom. Yes. The first class proves to me that you can have a meal without any food, and that a word can be food. Our first class is a dinner table. We laugh, tell stories, and listen carefully. Our stories remind us of places, people, and tastes, actions that are in season, and the territory of memory. We're filled with 50 pounds of compelling pair stories. I meet Ivy's mom in front of the school the next morning, when the front of the school is a parade of brake lights and quick goodbyes, a balancing act of book bags and warm drinks. She jumps out of the car. I introduce myself help her open the car's trunk, and as I heave the pairs up, I watch the car visually stand up from the weight on the shocks. Wow, thank you so much. Thank you, she says. These pairs would have gone to waste. When you have 50 pounds of pairs in a strict lesson plan, pairs go to waste. You also get fruit flies, 
which are gross. But pear butter, pear chutney, pear sauce, dried pears, and pear apple almond muffins are not gross, especially when a class works together to peel, core, and research pear recipes. We experiment and we mess up a lot, but messing up is how we get all our delicious discoveries, and delicious discoveries lead us to lots of leftovers. We have enough pear creations to share with other students and staff, and we have enough of a shared experience to sustain a collective memory. We add a common reference point to our food maps, Ivy's Grandma's Pears. We're now on a journey together, and we're learning in season. In the food world, awareness surrounds what is local and seasonal. Pears are in season in the fall, so are the apples in our small orchard at FCHS, and in the surrounding orchards in Kentucky and southern Indiana. Greens like kale, chard, and collards are going haywire in the FC garden. Radishes pop up out of the soil and look like lollipops. Carrots are popsicles, beets are bullseyes, and the cilantro is like silky miniature palm trees. The last tomatoes announce themselves in full. They're splitting from the late rain. Some call them seconds. We call them eat them nows. Butternuts and acorn squashes hide behind leaves of winding vines. Pumpkins bulge, as do cantaloupes and watermelons. Can we harvest some of these vegetables and have a class meal? Yes. We'll have the gourds. We'll have to save the gourds for the table decorations. And let's invite Gran Ivy's grandmother as a way of saying thank you. Do you think she will say yes? We do harvest these vegetables, and we prepare them with care for our first class meal. Roasted veggie burritos, tomato mole, a mixture of green salad with watermelon, cucumbers, and a vanilla vinaigrette. We place them all in one big table, set up just outside the school entrance. Before we eat, we write. The prompt, what is a meal? During our meal, we talk about many things, but one of them is what a meal is and isn't for us. Our definitions are as dimensional as we are. We create the definition of what we want a meal to be when we have one together, and we return to our classroom with more than just a meal. The meal has made us hungry for a classroom where we are all in season. This realization goes deeper than the core of the pair, farther than the core of the table conversation, and beyond the common core. We're caring for the core of our identity by learning that we care about who we are and we, what we care about is what matters. Ivy's grand does join our class meal. She says she had no idea that all of this was happening at school. And this is an English class, right? Yes, food lit. Okay. It's just that Ivy was explaining this and I was having trouble understanding how it all connected. Now I see. Food in English. You're doing more than just being in a class. What else do you see? I see lots of kids forming a community. I see that food is an unlimited metaphor. I see a classroom that looks like a family, and everyone looks hungry. When we consume any food item, we're eating the story of that thing too. When we eat one of Ivy's pears, we eat the season, and we eat the water, soil, land, weather, pollination, and family story. When we work in our school garden and we eat from it, we take a bite out of our school. We become Fern Creek High School in a deep and philosophical way. One food lit philosopher's thoughts led to this question. If we eat from the garden, and we are Fern Creek, what are we when we eat school lunch? Well, we're more than dough, 
cheese, tomatoes, fruit salad, ranch dressing, plastic forks, styrofoam trays, garbage bags, compost bins, frozen then reheated, boxed then shipped. We're more than forgotten on the bus, more than nothings. We're far more than the growling tummies. We're even more than homemade. We're creative, critical thinkers and writers who can take on big question and read the world for answers. If we can read a garden, then we can read a cafeteria. We can read the farmer's market and the grocery store, the concession stand, and the vending machine. We should read these things because they're part of us, part of our day, and part of our identity. By extension, when we make a cup of tea to go with our pear almond muffins, we become part of the tea story. Its history, its location, and all the hands that went into making it. An almond connects us to the Central Valley in California, to bees, drought, hydrology, monoculture, climate change, to almond farmers, the plight of the undocumented workers, to John Steinbeck and the Dust Bowl. A bite of an apple is a bite out of the beginning of the Trojan War, of Atalanta and her golden apples, of the Garden of Eden paintings of the Renaissance, of resurging heirloom varieties, of genetics, of idioms like the apple of my eye, of Neruda's odes, and of the apple technology in our pockets. Food is our connection to the world, our passport full of stamps, our taste of time, language, literature, and culture. Why not say yes to all these connections? In our class, we just said yes to pears, and 50 pounds of possibility followed. We said yes to what is in season, and we found a way to fuel a journey that may continue for us and our students. A journey to learning that tastes like good food in season. Thanks for tuning in to Breadcast. If you'd like to contribute a piece, contact me, Tom McKenna, at tom underscore McKenna at breadnet.middlebury.edu.